We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oregon football's defense is going to be the key against the USC Trojans this weekend, and we're talking about that matchup on today's episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. And we're back like we never left. Oregon fans, what's going on? How we living? Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. Just in case you're new here, I'm your host, Max Torres, publisher and lead editor of Ducks Digest, covering the Oregon Ducks over on Fan Nation, part of the Sports Illustrated Network, coming to you from beautiful Eugene, Oregon, once again, continuing my week of Oregon football coverage, boots on the ground in Eugene, loving every second of it. Uh, man, it's been, been a really fun time. Got to talk to Dan Lanning and a couple of players today. And uh, ahead of the game against USC this weekend, sorry if my uh, setup's a little bit uh, suboptimal as far as just the the lighting and everything goes, maybe a little bit messy behind me, but really wanted to get on here and get you guys another episode of the podcast, been digging it lately. If you guys haven't already, do me a favor and go check out uh, my last episode talking about Oregon's huge recruiting weekend that is in store when the Ducks face the Trojans, lots of big time visitors coming into town. Roger Taliapaga, one of them, and then a bunch of big time commits. You got wide receiver Jordan Anderson, quarterback Michael Van Buren, quarterback Luke Moga, and a whole lot more. So that list is going to be really big, but that was a fun episode. Go ahead and give it a listen or a view if you haven't already. And if you guys are watching on YouTube at Oregon Football Max Taurus, do me a favor, hit the like and subscribe button for me and share the Ducks Dish podcast with your friends, family, and other Duck fans. We are on the road to 3K, and uh, greatly appreciate all the support you guys have been showing. So, um, where do we go from here? Oregon's defense is the key against USC, and I'm going to tell you why. Really, I think that uh, we both know, we all know the story with Oregon's offense. You got Bo Nix. He's in the thick of the Heisman conversation. He is playing probably the best football of his career, which is probably what he expected, and that was the plan, and it's coming to fruition so far under Will Stein. Oregon's offensive line has been playing some really good football this year. Uh, shout out to Stephen Jones, who won the Joe Moore Award Pancake of pancake Block of the Week. 
that was over on my Twitter page at M sports. If you guys haven't seen it, uh, big block from Steven Jones, big old 74 on the pull. And then the, the army crawl over his defender, uh, really the cherry on top there, but back to the Oregon offense, they're playing some really good ball. Bucky Irving was back at practice on uh, Wednesday. That was kind of a notable update, even though I didn't think it was that big of a deal that he wasn't there during the portion of the practice on Tuesday that was open to the media, but he was a, uh, you know, a full participant in Wednesday's practice. So that's big. And he could be in for a huge day against the USC defense because it's reeling right now. Trojans, Trojans just fired Alex Grinch uh, after their most recent loss to Washington. Uh, you have Odom and Sean Nua taking over as the interim co-defensive coordinators. Oregon's skill talent is on another level. I already talked about Bucky. You got Jordan James, Troy Franklin, Tez Johnson. Looks like he's really solidified himself as the true number two wide receiver on that offense. Gary Bryant Jr., Treshawn Holden. Looks like Oregon's kind of been rolling with that same four receiver rotation all year. And then the tight ends are doing a great job too. But I don't want to talk too much about the Oregon offense because we know what they're capable of. And I think everyone knows the expectation on Saturday. Oregon should have a field day with that USC defense. And I don't care that Grinch got fired and there's new people leading the defense, you know, based on how that group has looked this year, you can't just flip a switch in the course of one week. You really can't. You're not going to become an elite offense. You're not or a defense rather. You're not going to become a defense that you should. It shouldn't be a defense that is capable of slowing down or even stopping this Oregon offense this weekend in Austin stadium. I'm going to be there super stoked. So let's talk about the defense because I think that for Oregon fans, the worst case scenario, I think, is that you have a shootout on your hands come Saturday. Do I think that's likely? Not necessarily. I posted my score prediction story over on ducksdigest.com, and I think that was the that was indicative of kind of where I think this game is headed, but If Oregon finds themselves in a shootout against USC, then this game is going to get a lot more interesting. And that's why I think Oregon's defense is the key against USC because you have two of the best quarterbacks in the country. Obviously, Caleb Williams is incredibly gifted. The the team isn't winning, but we all know that he is a truly special talent. He's the... He's the reigning Heisman Trophy winner for crying out loud, folks. I mean, even though the, the Trojans aren't winning... He's doing everything he can to lead this team to a win, but he just can't get any help from his defense. So Caleb Williams is a phenomenal talent, and he's obviously really where this thing starts on offense for them. He's the nucleus of the USC offense, which has been doing a good job running the ball as well. We'll talk about that a little bit more later on, but talking about this defense for Oregon, Caleb Williams is priority one. He's a phenomenal passer really intelligent and also an elite scrambler. But that being said, Caleb Williams has uh, been known to get himself into a little bit of trouble when he scrambles. You saw last week, he had a fumble against Washington when he was scrambling and the ball security isn't always the best with Caleb Williams. So Oregon's going to have to take advantage of that and not only try to get him to the ground, but if you have multiple guys that are rallying around him, rallying around the ball, try to try to pop that thing loose. And while I do want to give USC's offense and Caleb Williams the respect that they deserve, that they've earned, 
that they do feel susceptible to a degree. And part of the reason for that is because Caleb Williams, as creative as he is, as athletic as he is, it, it feels like there have been some times, some stretches this year with the offense where he's kind of been ad-libbing more, kind of going off script, doing his own thing. We know how good he is at scrambling and his ability to you know, keep the play alive, six, seven, eight, nine, sometimes even 10 seconds, keeping the play alive all while keeping his eyes down the field. That is a truly elite trait of his game. And that's going to make things hard for, for Oregon's defense. So I think with him ad-libbing, you know, things definitely work out, I guess, more often than not for him. And there are some plays where he just flicks it down. The I was watching that Washington game. He had a play where there was his center or his right guard just got destroyed, blown up at the line of scrimmage. And then Caleb just took a little step and just popped that thing, just tossed it, hucked it 40, 50 yards effortless. And then the, the wide receiver came back to it in the end zone for a touchdown. And I think really when I kind of look at Caleb Williams and what he presents as a quarterback, I kind of liken it to Steph Curry and maybe I'm just saying that because I'm a Warriors fan. I'm all bundled up here because it's been a little bit chilly in Eugene today, but I think that's really a good comparison because there are going to be those plays probably every game, maybe not this week, but in a majority of USC's games where Caleb Williams just does something that is incredible. That is phenomenal. And all you're going to really be able to do is say, man, uh, Oregon's defense did everything they could. The the DB had tight coverage. The the line got pressure on him, got a hand in his face, and he just went out there and made a phenomenal play. I'm I'm, I'm not trying to hype Caleb Williams up necessarily, but man, you got to give this guy some credit. He's thought by many to be the the number one overall draft pick next year. So I think there are going to be some instances where you just have to kind of tip your cap and say, wow, that's a heck of a play. Which is why I think that USC's offense is going to be able to generate some points, but not ultimately enough to win this game. So really for Oregon's defense, I think the key starts with getting pressure on Caleb Williams, getting hits on him early and often. And really what that does is it's going to prevent him from getting into any sort of rhythm because that's the last thing that you want with Caleb Williams. If Caleb Williams gets into a groove, it could be a long day for the Oregon defense, but I don't think that's going to happen and a big part of that is because of Oregon's front seven, specifically the Dean line, the, the depth that they have along the defensive line, the depth that they have along, uh, at the linebacker core, the depth that they have in the secondary too. We got to talk about the secondary a little bit later as well, but I think a notable update is that Mateo Uyunglele has been a full practice participant this week uh, after it looked like he didn't play in the Cal game. Blake Purchase and Tatum Tuioti did do some did get some snaps in that game and then they've been good to go all week. I mean, seeing, seeing Mateo just in person. Now I covered him when he was at St. John Bosco out in Southern California. Um, now that I live over there, seeing him in person now, he is just massive. I think he's six, five two seventy. definitely doesn't look like a freshman and he has been great. Blake purchase looks massive. I saw him at practice. All these guys are big Tatum Tuioti, but that's really where I think the game plan has to start for Oregon getting pressure on Caleb Williams from the interior. Maybe you have a big game from a guy like a Brandon Dorless, Casey Rogers, Taki Taimani seems like he is, is really playing some good ball lately. I wish he could have gotten that scoop and score 
last week against Cal, but but penalties were obviously an issue. So that's huge. Brandon Dorla, uh, Jordan Birch as well. Um, I, and I think that's really where the game plan has to start for Oregon is, is not only getting pressure on him, but also working to contain him. And part of the reason I think Oregon's going to be able to do that is the caliber of quarterbacks that they've already played this year. They've, they've played Michael Penix. That game obviously didn't go the way that they wanted to, but he's one of the best passers in the conference. Maybe not the most elite athlete, but he can buy time with his feet. And then they also have faced Cameron Ward, who's probably the best scrambler that they've faced up to this point. So fortunately for Oregon, they have experienced this year going against some really talented quarterbacks. And I think that's going to help them show up ready to go on Saturday. And it's important to mention that getting pressure and then ultimately sacking the opposing quarterback is two different things. We know last year watching this defense play, they they did an okay, not great. They did an okay job generating pressure. What I think a lot of fans were upset about is their inability or lack of the ability to bring the opposing quarterback down. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Fortunately for Oregon, uh, USC's offensive line is is uh, not the best. I'm not saying they're terrible, but it's they're not the best. They've they've allowed 27 sacks on the year to opposing defenses. I know that they made a couple of changes personnel wise on that offensive line in recent weeks, but I think that that's an area that they're vulnerable uh, at. USC's been running the ball well, so I think Oregon is going to need to stop the run. Uh, they are averaging 159.4 yards per game. 5.4 yards a carry. So they are running the ball at a, at a pretty nice clip right now, but Oregon's done a good job defending the run. Another reason to be confident that that's going to continue this week is because of look who they've played this year. Uh, they did a great job against Utah with Sione Vaki and, and Jaquindon Jackson. They did an awesome job defending bottling up that run game. So I think there's reason to be confident that they're going to be able to do that again. If, if Oregon can make USC's offense one dimensional, 
I think that can go a long way because Caleb Williams can do a lot of stuff, but if you have a better feel for what's coming, it's going to limit what they're able to do uh, offensively. And this is one of the most creative offenses in, in college football, right? You have to look at the guys that Caleb Williams is going to be passing the ball to, and he has to distribute the ball to. You have Zachariah Branch, a prolific wide receiver, true freshman who also makes a huge impact on special teams. You have Taj Washington, who's their leading receiver right now. He seems like he's a really electric pass catcher, uh, especially with, with speed he has, 43 catches for 833 yards and six touchdowns. And then Brendan Rice isn't so much the yards after catch guy, but he's leading the team 10 touchdown receptions, 32 catches for 563 yards. And then you have Oklahoma transfer wide receiver Mario Williams with 28 catches for 301 yards and two touchdowns, a much quieter year for him than I think many expected, especially after what they were able to do together last year and at Oklahoma together. Williams and uh, and Mario, both of the Williams, right? Caleb Williams and Mario Williams. But this is a group that has a lot of really talented skill guys. So once the ball gets out of Caleb Williams's hand, the job's not going to be finished. And we haven't even talked about Dorian Singer, the speedy Arizona transfer, Deuce Robinson, the true freshman. Uh, I don't know if I want to say phenom or sensation, but the talented true freshman. He's he's good. Obviously, clearly good enough to to see uh, time in eight games this year, nine catches for 229 yards and, and a touchdown. So that's, I think where the, the, the importance comes once the, the ball leaves Caleb Williams's hand. I mean, I talked a lot about the pressure that Oregon's going to have to get on him, bringing him to the ground, not letting him slip out of their hands. Um, before we talk about the other levels of the defense, just to, to focus some more on the offense right now, the defensive line, excuse me. Another reason that I have some confidence in Oregon's defense, USC hasn't seen a defense like Oregon's defense this year, right? That's that's just the straight up truth. I think if you had to liken another defense to Oregon's in terms of just the caliber that they're on, maybe you go Notre Dame. Notre Dame won that game against USC 48-20, to and then Washington did a, a good job last week in terms of getting after Williams a little bit. I think they got a, a couple of sacks against Williams. Um, but I don't think that – I think it's a different caliber of athlete that Oregon's defense has that could make this a, a good game for them. And this is another point that I just remembered that I wanted to get to earlier. In terms of Caleb Williams ad-libbing more this year, if this becomes a shootout, I don't think that's likely, but it is a scenario that I think Oregon fans need to think about. If this becomes a shootout on Saturday – and you just got both offenses going back and forth, back and forth. Who Who's going to make the mistake? Who's going to slip up in some big situations? Is it Bo Nix, who's thrown one pick all year and is playing some really good football? Or is it Caleb Williams, who's incredibly gifted, but kind of has been playing some hero ball and maybe has done a little bit too much? Ball security hasn't been the best. Doesn't have a, a really good offensive line. I think it's Caleb Williams is, is the more likely to the more likely the quarterback more likely to make an error. And I think Oregon's defense is going to be in the position to capitalize. And, and I'm, and I, I was thinking about that yesterday when I was on stream with Ryan winter um, and, and some of the, some Oregon fans just talking about how I kind of came to that realization that I think Caleb Williams is the guy who's more likely to slip up. Um, I think just Nick's is super dialed in right now. They're, obviously different players, but 
I think that he's done a really good job of, of dialing back the hero ball and the improvising. And he's done a really good job of taking what the defense gives him, relying on his playmakers, getting rid of the ball when it's not a good situation. Um, and, and I feel like um, Caleb Williams probably feels like his back's up against the wall a little bit, right? With all the speculation around him, he's just under a microscope right now. Um, there's a lot of uh, stuff that's been made about how he's been carrying himself. And, and maybe that's a good, a good opportunity to touch on that real quick. I mean, I don't, I don't want to make him the complete focus, but we're talking about this offense. So we have to, you know, he was, uh, he was seen, you know, crying with his, with his mom on uh, after the last game, after they lost to Washington. And, and a lot of people were, were saying that was soft or that's not the look that you want for a number one overall pick. And um, you know, that has to be a bad look for the NFL. I can't knock the guy for playing with emotion. I mean, for, for doing, leaving it all out on the line, like he has all year and to get these results. I, I mean, who's not going to be defeated when, when you have that kind of a result, but, but that being said, I think you have to look at the other side of the coin. There there's been some times this year where you, I've seen some uh, media availability with Caleb Williams and, and he said some things along the lines of, you know, a lot of people want to be in these size 12 and a half shoes, just kind of, you know, propping himself up and Hey, there's no problem with being confident. I mean, there, there's uh, times where it can kind of go into being arrogant or cocky. There's no problem being confident. I think that one kind of struck me as a little bit more arrogant, but if you're going to say things like that, when you're winning games and, 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 you know, everything is going well, you got to be able to face the music when you lose. And when things don't go your way, that that's all it is. Uh, to me, I don't want to be overly critical of him, but I, I just wanted to kind of share that. I think that if you're going to if you're going to talk the talk, you better be able to walk the walk. And I think he has. He's a tremendous player. But when things don't go your way, you you want to have um, you want to have those moments where you can you know be a leader and say, hey, you know, it just didn't go our way. We we did the best that we could. But we'll be back at the drawing board tomorrow. Those kinds of things. That's those are the kind of things that I want to hear from a quarterback. Not the look at me, everyone wants to be in my shoes. I, I, I personally don't like that. Maybe I'm a little bit more old-fashioned that way, but enough about that. I think that Caleb Williams is more likely to, to slip up against the Oregon defense than Bo Nix is against the USC defense in the situation that this becomes a shootout. But another reason that I think the defense is key for Oregon here, if, if the Ducks get the ball to start, or even if they don't get the ball to start, if the Ducks can put up some points... And then on the other side of the ball, if they can get some stops early, I think this could get ugly. I really do. Um, I think that USC's offense is really good, but if you can stop them and then the defense can't stop Oregon's offense, it could, it could get ugly. So Oregon's defense, I think one of the biggest keys for them is just coming out of the gates, getting pressure on Caleb Williams, knock him around, make sure he doesn't get comfortable, get into a rhythm but get some stops because if you're doing that, you're keeping that offense off the field. And that's the heart and soul of this team. They are as one dimensional a team as you can see the offense is there. The defense is not there. If I'm this defense though, and just the, this, the Trojans overall, I'm letting it rip this game. I got nothing to lose. We know that the margin for error in college football is really small. So people are kind of writing off the season a little bit because there's two, two uh, conference losses. And I think they're seven and three overall. But these games in November, man, November college football is a completely different beast. Every game is incredibly important. 
everyone's trying to mess up each other's seasons. And I don't think that that's any different heading into this weekend. And November is big time football. You take care of your business and you you're really cementing yourself as one of the elite teams in the country. So US, if I'm USC, I'm coming into this game saying all bets are off. Um, you know, postseason, whatever, who cares? I I just want to ruin Oregon's season. That that's gotta be the mentality if you're USC. And we've seen it with USC before, we've seen it with Arizona's before the Arizona schools before. We've seen it with Stanford plenty of times. So uh, this is a big game for Oregon. There's no doubt about it. And I think there's reason to be confident that they're going to show up because Dan Lanning, the the culture around the team, the coaching staff, the guys leading the program, Bo Nix, the, the veterans you have on both sides of the ball, I think you're, you're in store. This team's locked in. They really are. And we were talking to Jamal Hill earlier today. You know, he was just talking about – how important it's been um, with with Justin Jacobs coming back. That was one of the guys that he talked about, gave a shout out to just the value of him. He kind of feel, he felt like that was kind of maybe one of those pieces that would take them over the hump. And Justin Jacobs has been great. So that depth, we talked about it along the defensive line. I think you see that depth along the, the linebacker core as well, right? With, with Jeff Bossa, Justin Jacobs, Jamal Hill, um, all those guys coming in, uh, Bryce Betcher, um, that, that group's been one that I've really liked what I've seen from them all year long. And they're going to be in for a big assignment on Saturday. Cause someone's going to have to be playing QB spy to make sure Kelly Williams doesn't get a two out of hand, uh, or scramble too much. And then you also have, um, you also have to look at that secondary, um, guys like Kyrie Jackson, Jaleel Florence, Tripos Bridges, Dante Maine. They're all going to be going against some really good receivers and then you also have to talk about the back end, those safeties, Steve Stevens, Taishim Johnson, and Evan Williams. Steve Stevens is playing some of the best football of his college career right now. I was super stoked to get to talk to him after the game. And he was saying, or after practice today, he was saying that he feels like he has a really special gift as a communicator. And uh, he took some stuff from, from his days playing with Javon Holland, who's now on the Miami Dolphins and, and Verone McKinley, who I, I think is on the Dolphins still. I haven't checked on where he's at in a while. Um, but that's another you know really good player that that uh, Steve Stevens has got to play with. And he gets an interception last week against Cal. So his confidence has to be sky high. I think that he is really stepping into his own right now. He said he wants to be a disruptive guy uh, as a safety. And I think that everyone's kind of done that in, in different ways this year. I think Evan Williams has been a big disruptor. Uh, coming off the edge, blitzing, uh, strong tackler in the run game. Taishim Johnson had two interceptions against Utah, so his confidence has to be up there, and he's doing a good job blitzing as well. And then Steve Stevens is kind of taking on that role, trying to be the, the general or the, the leader of the secondary, right? A guy who's played a ton of football and I think has a big role in terms of just making sure this defense is ready to go. So they have a unique challenge with Caleb Williams' ability to improvise and extend the play. That's obviously going to create some stress on the back end, just trying to keep those guys covered, those wide receivers covered, the, the running back leaking out of the backfield, tight end, whatever it is. So I think that that's the bigger challenge for Oregon's defense is the linebackers in the secondary being able to cover and, and keep up with these guys when the play extends and then, the, the Oregon front seven being able to get after Caleb Williams and, and uh, prevent him from extending the play. Uh, you have really long athletic 
edge rushers and linemen that I think are tailor-made for this kind of a matchup. Uh, you recruit elite guys on the edge for a matchup just like this one with Caleb Williams and the USC Trojans. So it's going to be a huge matchup. Oregon's defense is the key. I don't think that USC has faced a defense as strong as Oregon's, but I don't think, aside from Washington, I don't think US Oregon's faced a defense as strong and as versatile and potent as USC's. So this is the matchup, folks, that we were all kind of waiting for, right? Lincoln Riley's offense against Dan Lanning and Tosh Lapoy's defense. It's a, a rivalry. It's it's a, not going anywhere with both teams going to the Big Ten, but there is a lot on the line with Oregon and USC this weekend. Super excited for this matchup, you guys. Do me a favor and lock in with me on social media, at Sports on both Twitter and Instagram, at OregonFootballMaxTaurus on YouTube. And you can read all of my written content covering Oregon football, Oregon football recruiting, maybe even a little bit of hoops over these next couple of days. Who knows? Uh, over on DucksDigest.com. But appreciate you guys for tuning in. Appreciate you guys for taking some time out of your day to talk some duck football with me. And we'll see you guys in the next episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.